Welcome to Take Notes, SMB Global Rating's structured finance podcast and the credit events of your day. Tune in as your hosts, Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello, and welcome to Take Notes. I'm your host, Tom Shoplocker, and today we'll be discussing European covered bonds. Joining me are S&P Global Ratings analysts, Casper Anderson and Natalie Sviderek. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. While covered bonds have rarely been issued in U.S. markets, they're a standard funding tool around the globe, particularly in Europe, where they began over 250 years ago. Covered bonds all share several defining features, notably the ring-fenced cover pools that provide dual recourse to the investor. Nevertheless, there are subtle distinctions across regions, even within Europe. Three of the biggest covered bond markets in Europe are those of Germany, Sweden, and Denmark, with total outstanding amounts of 376, 248, and 437 billion euros, respectively. Let's consider each of these markets in turn, starting with Germany. What are the high-level themes so far this year for the German covered bond market? Thank you. The high-level themes I would summarize, number one, is the issuing dynamics. Since we last published our German covered bond insight in October 2021, we have seen increased investor-placed benchmark issuances, with the total issuance level in 2021 catching up over the last weeks, leading to the fact that the total 2021 benchmark covered bond issuance now nearly reaches the 2020 year-end level. Overall, though, the growth in bank deposits and ample liquidity of cheap central bank funding have reduced full-safe funding needs for most of 2021. The second one is the housing market in Germany, which despite the COVID pandemic has maintained its impressive growth. And the third one is the implementation of the EU's covered bonds directive into the German Fund Brief Act in May this year. In a prior podcast, we discussed the status of EU harmonization. Recently, Germany became the first country to complete the parliamentary procedure for implementation of the EU's covered bonds directive. What's been the impact of this development and what challenges remain? One of the main impact is that the Fund Brief Act now includes the option for the cover pool administrator to extend the covered bonds maturity when the issuer is insolvent by up to one year, subject to certain conditions. Above all, such an extension cannot affect the ranking of covered bond investors or invert the sequency of the covered bonds original maturity. Now, maintaining the original payment sequence of covered bonds could be challenging in our view and will likely lead to other extensions since extending one bond may require extension of other bonds due within the extension period. Challenges may also occur surrounding the wording of the extension, which is currently being processed by German covered bond issuers, as well as in the adaptation of their reporting systems. In addition, unlike other countries, Germany has not chosen the path to increase its LTV limits. And one of the central pillars of the German Fund Brief Act remains the fact that eligible loans may only be included in cover pools up to 60% of the mortgage lending value, which is the valuation of a property securing the loan. 
And in this context, the valuation is based on the so-called mortgage lending value, which is a quite conservative valuation based on long-term considerations. And by definition, it cannot exceed the current market price. In this respect, market participants have raised concerns that the mortgage lending value combined with the 60% LTV limits the issuer's use of residential mortgage collateral in German covered bonds. Now, residential mortgages make up one of the major sources of covered bond collateral in Germany and elsewhere. Natalie, you touched upon housing earlier. Give me a bit more color on how the German housing market has been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and how things look for the future. Yes, certainly. So the German housing market has kept its momentum despite the COVID pandemic. In 2021, we expect house prices to grow by about 5%, a bit lower than the 6% in 2020, partly thanks to pandemic policy measures in Europe that protected workers' jobs, as well as income, short-time work and furlough scream, which all have avoided a wide economic downturn. And in Germany, such measures are maintained until year-end 2021. So for the next two years, we expect house prices to continue to grow, but more slowly. Also supported by the continued ultra-low interest rate environment, which will continue to drive uh, demand for investors for housing in the search of yield. Um, And especially in Germany, where house prices are still catching up with the rest of Europe. In addition, house prices remain supported by population growth that result from positive net migration in Germany. So let's turn to the Swedish market. Casper, give us a general overview and perhaps update us on the impact of the high deposit levels in Sweden amid a low rate environment. Well, 2020 was a challenging year for covered bond issuance in Sweden. For the first time since the great financial crisis, the market experienced a decrease in outstanding covered bonds. This was in part due to high deposit rates limiting banks' funding needs. Despite the lower issuance, Sweden's banks continue to rely on domestic and foreign wholesale funding to a large extent, relatively to customer deposits. So we expect issuance to eventually recover in covered bonds. I understand that Sweden is among the countries that have not met the deadline to transpose the EU directive into local legislation, leaving harmonization a work in progress. What's the story there? Sweden did publish an initial proposal in 2020, which we commented on before the request of comment period deadline at the start of February this year. We identified some of the challenges of the new rule set, one being the introduction of the extension mechanism, and two, also the transition from the current system into the new system. We understand numerous comments were received and ongoing pandemic management did not help the progress. This led to missing the initial July deadline We understand the proposal is making its way through Parliament, but also that some of the highlighted challenges remain. As with Germany, much of the residential mortgage market in Sweden is funded via covered bonds. How's the Swedish housing market faring amid the pandemic? Sweden has experienced a remarkable run of growing house prices at comparably high levels to European peers. 
The pandemic did not cause a correction in the Swedish real estate sector at all, and house prices continued to rise. House prices increased over 10% in 2020, the largest increase across European countries. The increase in demand for housing is driven by low interest rates, accumulated savings, limited housing supply, and increasing household debt. Supply constraints have been one of the main drivers of housing price inflation in many European countries, such as Germany and Sweden, due to growing populations, particularly in and around the large cities. Finally, let's discuss the Danish covered bond market, which is the largest in the world, despite the relatively low population of that country. With the Danish economy expected to rebound this year, what's in store for covered bonds? Unlike the two other mentioned covered bond markets, issuance has not been lower in Denmark, albeit all in Danish kroner-denominated form. As the economy recovers, we expect the demand for credit to remain strong, but the cost of mortgage borrowing has increased, and we expect this to stabilize house prices and credit growth. You mentioned earlier that Germany transposed the EU harmonization directive into its local laws, and there were, of course, some adjustments that needed to be made to its legislation. Now, Denmark also has transposed the EU harmonization directive into law ahead of the July 2021 deadline. What adjustments to its local legislation were required? The main amendments to the existing law are the introduction of minimum nominal overcollateralization and 180 days liquidity coverage, clarification of existing rules for extensions and joint funding. Most existing programs will be grandfathered and only active programs will need to implement the new requirements. The new requirements will all be active per July next year. It remains to be seen if the changes will include opening new capital centers for the issuance of harmonized covered bonds in Denmark. Following a year of muted house price growth, mortgage market activity and house price growth in Denmark experienced a significant uptick during the COVID-19 pandemic. What were the main drivers of this price growth? Three major factors are driving the strong increase in residential house prices since mid-2020. A large accumulation of savings and a reassessment of housing space needs during lockdowns. Lower borrowing costs as central banks loosen monetary policy to respond to the pandemic and more acute supply constraints after construction activity was put on hold at the onset of the pandemic. Nonetheless, even before the pandemic, supply constraints have been one of the main drivers of housing inflation in many European countries, such as Germany, Sweden and Denmark, and particular in large cities. Earlier, Natalie had mentioned that Germany is finally enjoying net population growth because, of course, the, the trend was that population was declining for some time. But now, due to migration, that trend has reversed and is therefore driving demand for housing and, of course, is pushing up prices. What's the situation in Sweden and Denmark regarding population dynamics? Sweden and Denmark are experiencing similar trends as Germany albeit at slightly lower levels. That means that population growth is positive and that is impacting house prices, particularly around the larger cities. As I mentioned at the outset, covered bonds have many features in common around the globe, but there are these nuances that 
will distinguish them from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So at a high level, could you contrast some of the key characteristics of the covered bond programs in each of the three countries that we've discussed? In Germany, the main currency is the euro, while the other two countries have their own currencies, Danish krona in Denmark and Swedish krona in Sweden. And that is the main currency of issuance. In Germany, you will also see a higher percentage of commercial real estate in many cover pools and or public sector assets as collateral for the issuances. That is also the case in Denmark, while in Sweden, you have limits, strict limits on commercial real estate in cover pools. Germany has comparably low LCV limits to the other two, while Sweden is the only remaining hard bullet jurisdiction. I'd like to thank our guests, Kasper Andersen and Natalie Sviderek. Their latest covered bond market insights are available as three separate publications, one for each of the featured countries, on our website, www.spglobal.com forward slash ratings. We'll catch you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.